I'm Sharon Anderson, one of the pastors here, and I would ask that as I share God's word with you this morning, if for some reason my voice gets a little softer, just go like this and I'll remember to keep it up a little bit higher. I'm hoping that you can hear me. Today's scripture reading from the book of Romans is uh, a key one. You're going to have to... I've just got to go into my computer here for just a minute. I couldn't print my, you know, sermon this morning, so. So I'm going to use this, which is a good thing to have, right? And it says my password is incorrect. Now, how can that be? There we go. There we go. We're good. But today, um, I I was going to start with a a story of welcome, which I'll tell you in a little bit. We're talking this morning what it means to be a welcoming community. Well, last night during this windstorm, there's nothing like a windstorm to remind you that you need other people, right? I might get a little emotional here. I didn't really sleep last night. At 2 a.m. this morning, we were sleeping in our bed, my husband and I, and a huge crash came down. A tree... A 110-foot Douglas fir hit right next to our bedroom. We were, thankfully, it hit the chimney. If it hadn't hit the chimney, this might have been a different story. But what happened after that time, that we looked, then later we went downstairs. Let's go sleep downstairs. We opened the room that we were going to sleep in. Insulation drywall all over in that room and the tree the top of the tree had broken off and actually pierced right through that room so I'm thankful we weren't sleeping there so as I come this morning I come with a little bit of awareness of the the preciousness of life and how things can change so quickly and how we need community my husband said after we got our sleeping bags and we laid down there in the in the dining room we're laying there holding holding hands he said I think the chimney saved our lives. And I think that's true. I think that's true. I don't say that lightly. And I'm so grateful for people who even then, our neighbors texted us, are you okay? They came over as soon as it was first light to find out how things were going. And even this morning as I shared it with people, there were people who came and cared and and showed compassion. Community is so important. And we know we need community, but especially when things are tough. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about being a welcoming community, what it means for us as a church, what it means for us in our neighborhoods, and this passage from Romans speaks about it in great detail. Back in 2017, I was privileged to have a sabbatical uh, that the church offered me in my pastoral ministry, and one of those weeks... I went down to Mount Angel Abbey, which is in Mount Angel, Oregon, near Salem, Oregon. And they have a guest house there that you can come and it's very inexpensively. You can stay and enjoy all of the grounds and the wonderful meals that were there. And Mount Angel is a Benedictine uh, monastery. They have a seminary there as well. What I really noticed when I got there, when I was welcomed at that front desk, was printed huge on the wall right in that guest house was this quote that St. Benedict had included in his rule of life. St. Benedict, who lived in the 5th century, 
And this is what he says. And this is what it said on the wall. All guests are to be welcomed as Christ. All guests are to be welcomed as if you're welcoming Christ. And if you remember, the book of Matthew talks about that, where Jesus is talking about the end times, and he's saying, when I come in my kingdom, I'm going to be saying to you, I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was a guest and you saw me, is what Matthew talks about. Let all guests who arrive be received like Christ, St. Benedict said. For Christ is going to say, I came as a guest and you received me. This is what we long for as a community. But you know what? Actually, I think there are so there is actually an epidemic of just the opposite of that kind of community. There is an epidemic of loneliness. And there actually are studies to show this. That an epidemic of loneliness where in our culture people are not feeling like they're known or connected. We live maybe close to each other in geography and online, but yet we're not necessarily connected. We're isolated. A 2018 survey found that nearly half, nearly half of all Americans feel lonely. Over half of the respondents from that survey felt like no one really knows them well. And the study found that this is especially difficult and painful for young people. That young people, even though they might have a lot of connection with this, they aren't always feeling like they're known. In fact, the studies found that when social networking, which is a gift, but when it's used as a replacement for face-to-face community, the loneliness factor just increases. Who really knows me? Am I welcome in this place? That can be said even in the church, can't it? A place where we lift up these values of loving others deeply and welcoming people in the name of Jesus, but we don't always live it out. For many people, they long for something more than this perfunctory, good morning, what's your name, how are you? They want to be known, they want to be heard, they want to be welcomed as Christ would welcome them. And if that's true in the church, think of our neighbors, neighborhoods. Another survey found out that, you know, neighbors, uh, people in neighborhoods, most people did not know even one of their neighbors' names. Now, that, I hope it's not true of you, but there are a lot of people in your neighborhoods who don't know each other, um, who don't even have a, maybe wave at a person going by, but they don't know the name of the person. of people said, one in three people in your neighborhood don't know anybody. So loneliness and isolation, it's a huge problem. And if community is the gift of the church because of who Jesus Christ is, then we have things we can do to grow in becoming a welcoming community. And if you're a guest here today or if you're newer to this community, I trust that you'll give us a chance. If you haven't felt the welcome as welcomed as Christ, 
you will continue to come and hear it, our stories and as we hear yours. But the gospel of Jesus is the thing that makes the difference in, in building community. And we're going to look about that in this passage from the, uh, the book of Romans. So if you have your phone or Bible, you can open up again there to Romans chapter 12. You know, in Roman, uh, Paul wrote Romans to this group of Christians in the city of Rome near the uh, reign of Emperor Nero. And the first 11 chapters, if you've ever read through Romans, are all about what we believe. The good news of the gospel, that Christ has come for us, that he died for us, that we can have new life. So 11 chapters he does this. And then here in chapter 12, he goes from doctrine to practice, from belief to behavior. And you heard in that passage that Gary read some very practical ways to live out the good news. We receive the love and forgiveness that God offers, and then we extend it to others. We soak in that truth, and then it becomes part of our lifestyle. And the more we open ourselves to the grace of God, the more we're able to welcome and offer that grace to others. Now, I could probably go through that whole list of things. There are at least 13 reminders of what it is to live in genuine love in this passage. But I'm not going to do that because I don't have that much time and you would be too cold by the end of that. So I'm going to just do a... A few of highlights of this passage to remind us what it means to be a welcoming community. You know, it starts with that first phrase in verse 12. Uh, Love must be genuine, sincere. That word really means without hypocrisy. It's not something you put on a show for with. It's not a mask you put on to say, I'm going to be a nice person. Love, actions that come from a sincere heart. And the two things I want to highlight today, just for the sake of alliteration, to keep them in your mind, they both start with H. I'm going to talk a little bit about hospitality and then about harmony. So verse 13, it says, you should be given to hospitality. That word given is a strong word. It doesn't mean if you feel like it, you might want to invite people and be gracious to them. No, it's a strong word. It says it's like pressing forward, pursuing something. And Paul is advocating that we look for opportunities to provide hospitality. Now, you probably know the term hospitality is used in lots of different ways. Any of you work in the hotel industry ever? I mean, that's the hospitality. Oh, yes, over there, yay. No. <laughs> hospitality interests, and they are all about the guests, right? They're all about taking care of the guest. In churches, we term, use the term hospitality. Really, mostly we're talking about food, right? <laughs> I mean, who's going to put the food out there? That's the hospitality team. But hospitality is so much more than that. It really, it, in this passage in Romans 12 and then also in Hebrews, it uses this Greek word, phila, I'm not going to say it right, but anyway, it's a good Greek word that actually means, let's put it on the screen and then you can see it yourself. It actually means a lover of strangers. It actually means to show hospitality is to welcome the outsider, not the person you already know. It's to welcome those who are on the outskirts, who are a stranger to you. You don't know them yet. 
Really, the opposite is xenophobia. You've heard of that word, right? That is a fear of strangers or a fear of people from a different culture or a different background. But the gospel, and Paul is telling us, we are going to be about hospitality, not xenophobia. We are going to be about offering ourselves to others in an open way. Now, you've heard this before from Pastor Mark and others, but hospitality is different than entertaining. You can be a great entertainer in your home, too, and that's wonderful. Entertaining is usually about inviting people to your, into your house, whereas hospitality is about inviting people into your life. Entertaining is, it seeks, often seeks to impress others, while hospitality is just all about blessing others. And so when we offer hospitality to others, we are giving them the blessing we have received from God. Now that can show up in all kinds of ways. And I've seen it in many of your lives, the way you live out hospitality for others. Um, It can mean offering a ride to someone. It can mean taking the step to go towards someone rather than turning the other way if you don't know them. And I would say within the church community, if we want to be a welcoming community, we need to have eyes that are wide open for the person that's new. Because what happens often in any group, and especially in a church, we see the people we know, and so we kind of gather together with those people we know. And this person over here is not really sure if they're being welcomed as Christ would be welcomed. So having eyes to see is probably the first part of hospitality. To see someone who's new. To see someone who needs a place. That's true in our neighborhoods as well. I read a wonderful, I didn't do this when I moved into my neighborhood, but maybe some of you are newer in your neighborhood, and you take the initiative. You go to meet the people. You don't wait for them to come to you and bring cookies or something. You go to them, and you say, Hi, I'm Sharon, I'm new in the neighborhood, whatever it is. There are ways that we can have our eyes open to see others and move towards them in hospitality, in our church, in our neighborhood, and beyond. Just this Friday, I stopped by one of my neighbor's house to drop off a book. We're in a book club together. And I was on my way to church to finish my sermon. You know, I had something really important to do. And she said, can you come in? And right for a moment, I thought, yeah, I don't... Yes, I can come in. She invited me in, and what I loved about this, she'd been sitting on her couch reading a book. She had still some of her Christmas stuff out. Her house wasn't perfectly neat or anything. But we sat, and we talked, and we talked about our children, we talked about Christmas, and it was a wonderful time. She offered hospitality to me. That's what it's about. Very simple. But it has to be intentional. Henry Nouwen says this, and I'm going to read it slowly, but I think it's a great quote about hospitality. Hospitality means primarily the creation of free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It's not to bring men and women to our side, but to offer freedom, not disturbed by dividing lines. What a great quote. Because offering space for the other is what 
hospitality is all about. We live in hospitality when we have eyes to see and then actions to follow that up. And that can be in so many ways. I'm going to talk about it just a little bit at the end of this. Because whatever your age, you don't have to own a house to have hospitality. It has to do with your attitude, your heart, your welcome for people. Hospitality is one of those things. The other thing that's going to help us become a welcoming community is this word, harmony. Wasn't it wonderful to hear the worship team sing in harmony this morning? Yeah? I mean, if, you know, when things aren't in harmony, those of you who are on a musical team or a choir or something, you know, there's a dissonance there that kind of rubs the wrong way. And it makes you think, ah, oh, I've got to get away from that. Paul is telling us in this passage that in verse 16, I want you to live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony. Don't be focused on yourself. Think about what was going to fit best with the other person. You think about harmony in music. Everybody brings their strengths. I'm looking at, you know, Greg and Olivia here and who else was that? Yeah, right there. They were singing this morning along with... Um, okay. Emily. Emily! Thank you, Emily. And then Chad here and the, the guys on the guitars, they were in harmony with one another. They each used their gift to bring it to the table, and we were blessed because of it. When we choose to live in harmony with others, we are letting go of our need to be the best, the right, the... Uh, have it all together, we are coming with who we are and offering it to others. It says, don't be proud. After it says this in this verse, live in harmony with other, one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. In the Roman world that Paul was writing to, there were different, definitely different classes of people. That is true in our culture today, too. He ends with this, do not be conceited. You know, we live in a culture right now where there's tons of discourse and dis- dissonance between people. Where we are more interested in making sure our opinion is heard and we are right than we are in listening to another. So harmony begins with humility. It begins with a place of saying, I have something to learn from you. And maybe, eventually, I might have something to offer you. But we don't assume that our perspective or our opinions are best. And that happens even in the church, right? You know, your way of seeing things, we want to live in harmony. That means we listen to each other. We listen across the generations. Because our young people have things to teach us. And we older folks have things to share with younger people. And our children have things to show us. And when we are humble enough, when we begin with humility, harmony can be... a, a result of all of that. This is how the message, Eugene Peterson writes this verse, and I like it. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. What he's getting at is that sense of humility and moving towards people in order to live in harmony. Later in that Verse 18 in that passage, he says it this way. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. What a calling for us in this culture. Could we be the kind of welcoming community that welcomes somebody who has a totally different opinion than us? 
maybe even a different lifestyle, but we could welcome them, not into our, into our homes, into our church, welcome every person as if it were Christ. So some practical ways to do this. Now that we're at one service, and I can tell you claps for it, you like that. It's wonderful to be able to see people. Maybe you haven't met them before. What an opportunity we have now to look for people who are new. And if you go up to them and ask, I haven't met you before, and they say, I've been here for 25 years. That's okay. It's okay. Then you say, tell me more about your story. But instead of just going to the people you know, you already know their name or something about them, go to someone new. Find out. Don't just circle up with folks you already connect with. Find that new person and invite them to share something with you. Another thing you can do, and this is so important, is to reach out to a student or a child. Just think how hard it must be for a child to come to an adult, right? But we as adults, we sometimes tend to overlook our youth and our children. And what if we went to them and we asked them, Tell me about what's going on. Tell me what's important in your life right now. And we really listened. What a gift of hospitality that would develop harmony in our midst. And then the other other thing we can do is just open the door, both literally and figuratively. Open yourself up to other people. Invite someone in. Have someone to your home, not to entertain them, but to bless them. Invite somebody into your dorm room, not because you're going to share everything you own with them. I know how when you're in college, you kind of hold on to your things a little carefully, right? Precious. But because you want to know them. Open your door to others. There's a book that uh, was written called The Simplest Way to Change the World. And this is for Christians. And it was all about biblical hospitality. And he writes in this book, no matter who it is, From the college student to the young family to the empty nester approaching retirement. Joining God's mission of being a welcoming community can be as straightforward as opening your door and inviting someone in. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be every week. But it can make such a difference in the lives of the people around you. In this epidemic of loneliness in our churches, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. Next Sunday, during Encore, we're going to be offering a workshop called The Art of Neighboring. And if you want to come and find out, I'd like to take a step further in my neighborhood to be a welcome to others. Come and be part of that. It'll be after the 10 o'clock service next Sunday. We want to learn what it is to be more welcoming in the name of Christ. And remember, this isn't a do-good thing, a feel-good love that just... You know, I've done my part. No. Remember how Paul writes in Romans. He starts with all 11 chapters about the love of God. And so when we have received the love and welcome of God, we can easily offer it to others. You know, the story of Jesus Christ is really the ongoing story of God's hospitality. His welcome to you and I. It's a way of him showing that there is a place for the one who is a stranger, but he he, he wants to know you. 
An author wrote it this way. When she thought about the Christian life, she said, Each aspect of our journey in the life is really a place of hospitality. We're baptized into a family, like a warm bath that welcomes us. We're fed at his table from his own life. He, Christ, stands on the front porch waiting for us, the wayward ones, to come home. What a picture of hospitality. And then finally, he is gone. He is preparing a place for us, a home for us, a place of welcome where we will enjoy life with him forever. The story of Jesus, the Christian life, is a story of hospitality. And may we be those people. May we become more of that welcoming community that step forward in, um, in hospitality and harmony so that others would have this sense I am being welcomed even as Christ. I want you to pray with me, please. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your welcome to us. None of this would be possible, this sermon, our church, unless we had experienced the love of God first received through Jesus Christ. And for those here who don't know that love, oh God, would you lead them to it? Would you help them to understand how your welcome mat is always open and your heart is for them? And for us who do know you, God, give us a picture when we look at others of the face of Christ so that we would welcome all people as Christ himself, that there would no longer be strangers just people we haven't yet known. Give us hearts for this, Lord. And we thank you that you show us the way in Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.